0: Thank you. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. If any kids would like to come up and join us, they're welcome. Come on down.
1: This is the day.
2: church.
0: Fill out your friendship card so we can get to know you.
2: We have a gift for our visitors here at the Connection site. I hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy the service.
0: We are glad to have you here at church this morning. There are two opportunities for ministry on our clipboards. One is for our 24-hour prayer vigil. An hour of prayer to sign up for that might seem like a lot, but if you've never been to a prayer vigil, you can't imagine how fast it goes. It's just a different experience. We do encourage you to sign up if you can and and spend some time. Uh, The reason why we do the sign up is because we're looking for the places where there may be some empty spots uh, for that. And and there's a card to fill out if you have prayer concerns that you want to share and have lifted up in prayer at that 24 hour vigil. There's also a uh, sheet for signing up and helping with the meals at Seneca Street. Uh, today we do have a mission moment for Seneca Street. And you'll be hearing from Pastor Brian about that a little bit later in the service. A lot of things are starting up this time of year. Some started two or three weeks ago, some last week, some in a couple of weeks. Keep an eye on your little good news. This week our youth ministry is beginning on Wednesday night with their Wednesday program, and there's other activities that we want to be watching for, so keep an eye on that and take a moment to, to consider that with your little good news. Now, I need to tell you, because if you weren't here last week, you didn't hear this. Those orange slips are the friendship card, okay? I've had a lot of people say to me, you left out the friendship cards. No, they changed them. They're orange now and they're a full sheet, so they're easier to write on and easier to read. So so take a moment and fill those out. We appreciate knowing what your concerns and thoughts are. Shall we turn to the Lord in prayer? Dear God, we thank you for this morning and we thank you for the coolness of the day. We thank you for the the warmth that you give to our hearts as we gather here to worship. Bless us us and cause us to focus our hearts and souls on you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you, if, if you're able, to stand as we sing together. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Take a moment, if you will, and greet your neighbor with the peace of the spirit. I'd like to invite the kids to come on up. And the kids wanna come on down, come join us. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, how's everybody doing? That's good. Any other kids wanna come up, come on up and join us. Have any of you ever played a game, a board game? You know, not not a video game, but one that sounds like a board. Have you ever played this one right here? Adrian? There it is. What's that called? Shoots and ladders. Yeah, what happens if you get one of these shoots? You slide all the way down, don't you? And if you get a ladder, you get to go up. What are you supposed to try and do in the game? Get to 100. Does it matter how many shoots or ladders you take? No, you know, see, the thing is, is we'd get all upset in the game because we've got this bad shoot, or get all upset because we've got this great ladder. But really, all that matters is if we get the 100 first, right? because then we win! Yeah. You know, life is like that. We get all upset and all worried about all kinds of things that go on, and you know what? Most of them are things you're not even gonna remember. Things that won't even matter down the road. Lots of stuff that will go on that you get anxious and worried about. But in the end, it's just getting to the right place with God that matters, okay? So keep your focus on God, do what he says, and the rest of it will take care of itself. All right, what do you guys thankful for this morning? Share something, raise your hand.
1: My mom and Tim and Doug. My family. My mom and dad. Friends and family.
3: My friends. My mom and dad.
0: Okay, let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for our parents, our family, our friends, the wonderful things in our lives. Help us to focus on you and all the good blessings we have and get us to the end. Jesus name we pray. Amen. Okay, you guys go out to church school. All the kids are welcome to go out to church school now. Mm -hmm. I'd like to invite the Reverend Brian Rotash to come up from Seneca Street to share with us
4: now. Good morning. It's great. It's great to be back here. I don't know. Maybe this may be the 20th time or whatever. Once a year, whatever it comes out to. So I some things you already know about, you folks have been here delivering dinners to, to families and people who need them on Sunday afternoons eight or nine times a year for, for many years. Um, you already know that you folks take all those angels off the Christmas tree and, and pick out three clothing items for a child you never met or, or three non-clothing items and, and bring them back and we have to we have to fill the van sometimes twice just to get them to the, the hundreds of kids who benefit from it. Um, what you may not know is that that van was in an accident this, this summer and was totaled. But again, you folks came through because the money from these offerings for the past couple of years have been set aside and came to more than $2,000 toward the cost of getting ourselves a, a gently used caravan to, uh, to take its place. There are so many ways in which our being connected to each other as United Methodists has been, it's been so powerful. We had a family in the middle of the summer program um, had their house burned down. Actually, it wasn't their house, it was a rental. And they didn't have any renter's insurance, so they really had nothing. But uh, the word went out through the, through the district and various places, and we've been able to put them in a place and, and get themselves ready for school to start at the beginning of the year. Just found a, a mattress for mom and dad as well as all the kids. It just happens. You folks are great. You're a part of something that's so much bigger than yourselves. So I guess I want to do what I want to do is to thank you and to encourage you to continue. Like if there's a farmer among you, we're we're trying to teach some moms how to cook with some fresh vegetables. So if somebody has some fresh vegetables, uh, please give me a call. We'll pick some up and, and do something like that. There's always ways that if you have something that's extra from your point of view, it's probably needed someplace else. So thank you for your love. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your support for Seneca Street and for all the missions that you support here from Pendleton. Thanks a lot.
5: And as we continue in our worship, let's bring before the Lord our gifts, tithes, and offerings, remembering to prayerfully consider all that God has called us to do.
2: We pray for blessings. way too much to give us less of things because what if your blessings come through raindrops what if you're here In disguise we pray for wisdom your voice to hear, we cry out. your love As if every promise from your word sky. Uh-huh. i
5: Father, we do give you thanks and praise for this day and for the opportunity to gather together and worship you. We ask that you would bless this offering, Lord God. Give us wisdom to know how to best use everything that's here, all of these resources for the furtherance of your kingdom, that many would come to faith in Jesus Christ. Bless especially this morning, Lord God, all offerings for the Seneca Street Mission. Multiply them. Lord God, and make them to be used to serve those folks well. Draw them, show them your love and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Now I have a um, wonderful uh, Thanksgiving to offer up, and and thanks for all of your prayers Um, in the past week. I know I speak for Pastor Sherry as well, that we are very much appreciative of, The prayers um, that we received as we were away at the... um, You know the word intense? You know when things are intense in your life? Really intense? There's a reason they call what we were at at seminary last week an intensive. And if, while I'm offering the pastoral prayer, I fall asleep... (sighs) (laughs) It's going to be your job. It's your job to come nudge me if I fall asleep, okay? Great. Awesome. Um, Please, um, uh, attention to to the prayer request cards. We are having a prayer vigil coming up. I know you got the sign-up that was going on around that, but we really do take these seriously. If you have a prayer request for yourself, for a family member, for someone in your life, for something in the world that's on your heart... Um, the prayer team and your pastors and everyone who comes to the prayer vigil um, is going to pray over them and you can count on God answering those prayers. Amen? Amen. Amen. We have a couple of other concerns and joys to bring before you. Um, Teresa Zimmerman had surgery on Friday. She's doing well. She's home and um, recovering. She's in some pain but she's hanging in there and doing okay. Uh, We need to keep Richard Gondek um, and the Gondek family lifted up. He is fighting cancer, and it's a difficult haul for him right now and for the family. And John Miracle is having hip surgery tomorrow. Um, So with these joys and these concerns and those that are on your heart, shall we turn to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can come before you, that you have called us to come before you, to participate with you as we lift up our joys, knowing that you rejoice with us as we rejoice, and those concerns that we have as well, because you are concerned for us. Father, we lift up all those who are in need of prayer, in prayer for healing, Prayer for grief over losses. Prayer for the desire to know direction in life. Lord God, we lift those people up before you, knowing that you will touch them by your Holy Spirit. Knowing that you will bring them wholeness and healing from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet and their spirits in their souls and in their bodies. We pray that you would bring to them, Lord, people that you have anointed, that you have called to speak into their situations, to be present with them as a listening ear, to bring a touch, a word, a look that brings comfort in whatever their situation is, whatever their needs may be. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings that you pour out into our lives and the lives of those we love and care for, the lives of those for whom we are praying this morning. Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name also for those who are having very difficult times with weather, with disastrous conditions where they're living, whether it's in our nation, throughout the world, Lord. There are times there are fires happening and floods and storms. There are the storms of violence brought about by people toward each other. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you be with each and every one by your spirit who is afflicted in this way. We pray for those who have lost homes and lost loved ones, We pray, Lord God, that your church, each and every one of its members would be anointed and empowered to be the hands and feet and voice of Jesus, that we would be able to bring your love and mercy wherever you call us to go, that we would do those things that you have called us to do. Trust it, that you are the one who makes us able, even if we don't feel able. And now, Lord God, as we hear your word, let it wash over us and transform us. Let us hear it anew as never before. Let it enlighten our hearts and our minds and our spirits. with Pastor Tom and anoint him to deliver the message you've given him. Let it be a blessing to him and a blessing to us. Most of all, Lord, let all of our worship be a blessing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord?
6: Morning. Good morning. This morning's lesson is from John chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. On the third day, a wedding took place in Canaan, Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus' his disciples had been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from twenty to thirty gallons. Jesus said to his servants, Fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet." They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called to the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thank you, Tim. Last night, I uh, went to a wedding. And the wedding dinner started at 6 o'clock, and I was here in worship. So there's no way I could get there in time for dinner. But they mentioned that they put a little food aside for me. So my wife and I arrived. There wasn't just food set aside. There was an entire banquet table still set up waiting for us. And I know they were waiting for us, because as soon as my wife and I went through the line, The people that worked there took the whole thing down. (laughs) So they were literally waiting for us. That's kind of cool. Just the opposite of this, to have somebody actually take the moment to take the time for you. We're looking at a sermon series on miracle living and how God can lead us to live the lives that will cause us to feel those miracles that he wants for us to have in life. In this story, Jesus shows up at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. He's got all his, apostles, his disciples with him, you know, a dozen guys. His family's all there. He's got the whole entourage. It says that there's servants. So this is an expensive affair. This is not like a backyard wedding, all right? And Jesus' mother is there. And she comes up to Jesus and says, they ran out of wine. Now, I don't know if they ran out of wine because they drank too much wine or because they never ordered enough wine. All we know is they ran out of wine, and for some reason, Mary feels responsible for this. I thought that was a little odd at first. And then why would she go to Jesus and expect him to do anything about this? And I thought about it. This is one of his siblings' wedding. This is, Mary, this is Jesus' little brother, or maybe one of his sisters getting married. I suspect it was one of the brothers, but I'm not sure. Mary is looking forward to this incredible affair. She finally got one of her sons to marry. She gave up on Jesus years ago. But she's finally got one of the boys to get married. She's invited all her friends, all her family, probably the whole village is there. They're having this incredible celebration. She went out and bought the you know, the mother of the groom dressed, and she's got everything just right, everything's perfect. And they ran out of wine. Can you feel the anxiety in this? I don't know if you've ever put on an affair like this, but can you imagine that all of a sudden there's not enough stuff? She is freaking out. She's embarrassed. She's stressed. She doesn't know what to do so she turns to her oldest son and she says fix it no husband he passed away jesus is dumped on with the anxiety have you ever been to a wedding that didn't go right i've actually been the cause of that as the officiant of weddings that sometimes don't go right because of me one poor woman i called her the wrong name halfway through the service but sometimes it's just totally disastrous.
4: Will you have keep to be your wedded husband, to live together in the covenant of marriage? Will you love him, comfort him, honor and keep him in sickness and in health and forsaking all others, be faithful to him as long as you both shall live? The rings please.
0: future reference. No poolside weddings and put the cake in place first. Wow. You imagine all your friends and family are there and you knock the bride into the pool. This guy is never showing his face at any family event again. I've told you before, that the words I use more than any other words in this church are it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You can hear me at that wedding, catch. It's okay. The cake fell down, it's okay. It's okay. But I'm freaking out here. They ran out of wine. Now, what's the miracle in this story? We think of it as being the changing of water into wine. But I gotta tell you something, that's not anything but just science. They have powder now you can put in water that makes water become wine. Really. So it's not making water into wine. It's the healing that occurs. Because anxiety, anxiety and stress is the number one health risk we have in our lives today. We are stressed out about everything, and it's making us sick, physically sick, ulcers, pains. We have strokes. We have heart attacks because of all this stuff that's making us crazy with anxiety. The most, One of the most favorite books I have in the Bible is the book of Philippians. I was preaching this sermon last night. A woman came out and said, I read these scriptures from Philippians, every day before I go to bed at night. Let's go through them. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. God's here. Don't be anxious about what? Anything. But in everything, by prayer, and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which is greater than anything, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything. And we are anxious about everything. Now, as you read this story, you think in the back of your mind, they ran out of wine, so they took that to Jesus. Do you think Jesus' number one concern in life is whether or not you have enough wine for your wedding? We don't take dumb requests to God, do we? Oh, dear God, I lost my keys. Oh, please help me find my keys. I don't know what I'm going to do. God's up in heaven going, up, up, key alert. Get all the angels together. We're going to find those keys. Get those keys found or the world will come to an end. Really, the stuff we take to God is pretty, you know, crazy, isn't it? God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be late. i got to make the traffic lights turn green. Yeah, he does that. Get up for you. He does that. It's hard. When we get stressed out over these little things that oftentimes we don't remember the next day. A number of years ago, I went to a retirement banquet for pastors at this retirement hall in Batavia. If you know anything about banquets, they take the number of tickets, they make the number of food, right? Number of meals. For some odd reason, they got to our table and another table, and they ran out of food. And the waitress comes over to our table and says, we're out of food. And we all said, and? No, that's it. We're out of food. You're not eating tonight. Seriously? We paid for a meal. Oh, well, too bad. Seriously, they gave us nothing to eat. We had to go out and buy dinner afterwards. I'm sure that the person putting on that banquet was feeling pretty embarrassed to think that one of their colleagues, a whole table, two whole tables of their colleagues went without food. But Really, we had money to go out and buy food. Pastor Sherry posted on Facebook the other day. I thought this was interesting. She said, I caught myself complaining about a first world problem. Like, we do this all the time, don't we?
1: Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't have cell service. I I can't get my
0: cell phone to get a signal. Really? It's a phone. Talk about first world problems. Do you know if you sold this phone, you probably get enough money to supply food for a family somewhere else in the world for a year. And we whine and cry because we didn't get a signal. We really got a problem. Oh, but but what if the Buffalo Bills lose today? The whole whole community is going to go into depression. Oh, no. It's a football game. Now, don't be throwing things at me. I like the Bills. I hope they'll win. But you really seriously think it's that important? I mean, really, you're going to spend the rest of your life going, Oh, the Bills lost that game on September 20th. back I can't believe it. My whole life is ruined. We really got to get a grip. We get anxious about all these things. Jesus says to Mary, what's that to me? Why is that my concern? (laughs) You know what the answer is? Dude, everything is your concern. You said to cast all our troubles on you. Here they are. But I suspect this was a little different. There's a a subverse in here that that we don't really actually read, it comes right after verse four when Jesus says, what's that to do with me? And the subverse that you don't read says, and Mary gave Jesus the look. (laughs) All you guys know what the look is, right? All you kids know what the look is. Men can't do the look. We have no idea how to do the look. We've tried. It doesn't work. It it comes out making us look foolish. But every woman knows how to do the look. I've had women not related to me give me the look. When your wife gives you the look, you know you've gotten the look. When your mother gives you the look, you're in trouble. And you notice, he didn't argue anymore. He went right to work. What do we expect from God? What are we really looking for? I had a pastor friend of mine, and I told him that it would be helpful if he visited folks in their homes. I tried to do it, our other pastors tried to do it, and so he, he didn't want to do it. So he started going out visiting people, and he went to their home, and after about a minute being in their house, he say, so how is it with your soul? He didn't get invited back much anymore. How is it with your soul? What are we really concerned about? What do we expect from God? Jesus says, fill up those six ceremonial jugs with water. Now, these really don't represent exactly the size um, because they held 25, 30 gallons of water, so they'd be about this big. like these on the wall here, okay? Fill them up with water. They were used for ceremonial cleansing. And the guys filled them up, What do you think they were expecting to happen? Well, they know Jesus is kind of a religious sort of a guy, right? They ran out of wine. He's gonna divert them. Maybe he'll do a little baptism, a little preaching or something, a little religious ceremony, something or other, right? I mean, that's what I would expect. Then he says, take some of the water to the guy who was running the banquet. This is weird. What's he trying to tell this guy? You had enough to drink already? How about some water? Maybe you should make a pot of coffee. Right? No. The guy takes a drink. And that's when we discover the miracle, the change, the twist in the story. See, up to this point, if you had never read this story, you would never have expected that this water would now be wine. You would expect that it's water. What do we expect from God? And do we trust that God will make something amazing happen? One of the most powerful verses, not only in this this passage, but in the whole Bible, is when Mary turns to the servants and says, do what he tells you to do. Do what he tells you to do. Don't question it. Don't ask what's in it for you. Don't, Don't avoid it. Don't delay it. Do what Jesus tells you to do. If we do what God expects us to do, what God tells us to do, then we can expect the unexpected. We can expect miracle living to occur. Even when the water turned to wine, the leader of the banquet just thought that the bridegroom had gotten some better wine. You gotta love this line where he says, "You know, usually at a wedding, they serve the good stuff. And then when everybody's a little, then they serve cheap wine after that. But you serve the good stuff last. Which by the way, and this might offend and bother some of you, but the reality is that means that they had already drank a fair amount of wine. I know you have a problem with that. I suspect Jesus and his disciples were drinking it too. Read the Bible for what it says. Jesus. Jesus didn't give them coffee. Jesus didn't give them water. He actually gave them more wine than they could possibly need. 175 gallons of wine. Hello? I think they were taking home doggy bags of wine, don't you? Got to get some of this wine to take home for dinner tomorrow night. What do we expect from God? He gives us the unexpected. He keeps the best for last. And we become surprised by miracles. Have any of you ever seen water turned into wine? It happened for me. It was at another retirement party for pastors. You see, whoever planned this party in Batavia must have been so embarrassed they said, this is not going to happen again. So they decided to go to the Real Pro. So they had it out at Samuel's Grand Manor. These are people that can feed 2,000 people. They certainly can handle 150 people for a retirement banquet, right? So we're up there, and they're serving everybody, and I'm sitting at my table, and they're serving everybody. There's one table left, and it's mine, and believe it or not, the waitress comes over and says, I'm sorry, we're out of food. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be kidding. All the tables, how come you do know? So then she said something really interesting. She said, is there anything I can do to help make it up. Well, this is a pastor's retirement party with the bishop. I guarantee you, the strongest thing we had to drink was coffee. You know, coffee, water, and this kind of fruit punch over at, over in the bar area. But I noticed behind the bar area there was something else. So I said to the waitress, a carafe of wine would be nice. And bam, the water turned into wine right there. <laughs> and we had a carafe of wine. And we're toasted all the other pastors with our carafe of wine. And I have to tell you, within a few minutes, Samuel's grandmother found us food, so I'm not going to knock that. They fed us, right? They took care of us. It was just a short delay. We were fine. When she came over, she gave us some food. She said, OK, is everything good? And my friend said, well, another craft of wine would make it better. And bam, there it was on the table again. <laughs> hey, Bishop, how you doing? <laughs> we only had a couple of glasses. But it had a story. It changed the whole thing. It went from, I'm miserable, I'm depressed, I can't believe they ran out of food a second year in a row, to what a great story to tell. What a wonderful evening that we laugh about and enjoy. God does the unexpected if we trust him and do what he says. God can actually take away our anxieties, that's real miracle healing. See, getting, getting water into wine is no big deal. Taking away the anxieties and the worries and the fears and, the, and, 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 and all the, the embarrassment that Mary was feeling, that was the real miracle. Philippians, I love this book. It says to us, don't be anxious about anything. Anything, it's okay. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. God is still with you and God can bless you in unexpected ways you didn't anticipate. Do what he asked you to do and stop worrying about these little things. Let me tell you something. If what you're so anxious about you won't remember tomorrow, you shouldn't even think about it. And if in two weeks it'll be gone from your mind, it's not worth any stress at all. In fact, if it will be out of your day-to-day thinking a year from now, it's really small stuff. We need to put our concerns in perspective of time. Jesus said in Matthew, "Don't be, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble for itself. Stop being so anxious. Don't make yourself sick. Don't." Create pain and and hurt in your relationships with each other. Don't lose sleep over things that really aren't that important. It's okay. God is still here. What are we looking for? Miracle living is not endless quantities of wine. Miracle living is not being anxious. Living, trusting, doing what Jesus said and believing he will take care of us, amen? You see, we really are focused on the wrong thing. Is it well with your soul? That's what really matters. Jesus said, my hour has not yet come. What hour is he talking about? What could he possibly mean? We get some clues. When they mention the third day, which is the day he rose from the dead. When when he talks about his time, when he talks about wine, when we have ceremonial washing, Mary is there. The best for last, the bridegroom, the banquet, the wedding, an unexpected answer. They all point to the kingdom of God. Ultimately, they all point to his time on the cross. Take up your cross. Jesus actually knows he's gonna die. And he says, put things in real perspective. I went to visit a guy with cancer two or three days ago. He says, well, they told me I'm dying. I said, yeah, me too. I said, I might die before you. We don't know. We just know we are. Ultimately, all this stuff that we're doing needs to be put in the right perspective. I was talking to my sister about miracles just, just two, three weeks ago. And she said, she read a book that explains all the miracles, you know, how they're scientifically could have happened or archaeologically possible and all this kind of stuff. And I said, you know, sis, let me tell you something. One miracle is the greatest miracle of all. And so long as there's that one miracle, the rest of it's all small stuff. She said, well, which one is that? And I said, when I rise from the dead. That's the biggest miracle. Seriously, guys. When I get up out of the grave and I live forever, that tops everything. And I don't care about all this stuff, water into wine, red seas parted, little stuff. I'm gonna raise from the dead, so are you. That's the greatest miracle, amen? That's something to put your life perspective around, to get yourself wrapped up in what really makes a difference. Is it well enough with your soul that you can know that you're gonna live forever? In joy and in peace and wonder and blessing. The wine was put into ceremonial jugs. Like we put our wine in the ceremonial jugs, don't we? The blood that's represented in the wine cleanses us from sin, just as ceremonial jugs were used to cleanse us from sin. We're given something that satisfies more than just our palate. The best comes last. It satisfies our soul. Anybody here ever hear the story of Martha and Mary in the Bible? Now some of you are going, I hate that story. I hate
5: it. I hate it. I hate it.
0: I know it. It's you anxious people. Let me tell you about Martha. If you don't know about her, her and her sister were having a a luncheon party for Jesus. And Martha was so happy to have Jesus there. She got out the fine China, you know, the stuff you don't use anymore. You got to clean the dust off it and stuff. She got out the really good glasses. And she had 14 different knives and forks and spoons all over the place. Everything was set perfect. She'd been working all day to make the meal. In the meantime, Mary is sitting there on the floor watching and listening to Jesus. So Martha does what most of us would do. She walks up to Jesus and she says, don't you care I've been working all day and my lazy sister is over there on her. And there's an expletive there that we don't have in the Bible, but I'm sure it was said, tell her to get up off of that thing and help me. Now this is the part that bugs us because The answer we'd expect from Jesus is, Mary, you should give your sister a little bit of a hand here. I mean, after all, she's been working very hard. You you could pitch in a little bit, right? (laughs) This is what she says. Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. Only one thing's needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken away from her. You're worried about so many things, Well, only one thing in life even matters. Everything else pales in comparison. Is it well with your soul? Are you going to live into eternity? Is the greatest miracle going to occur to you that you'll raise up from the dead and live forever in joy and wonder? That's the greatest miracle. God calls us. calls us to that. That time we can stand before Him by taking all these little problems all these concerns nailing them to the cross so that we might live forever.
1: Save the I come. So remember, redemption's. In-
0: Dear God in heaven, heaven, I've sinned. sinned. I don't trust in you. I I worry about my things, things. not about my soul. soul. I see you as the answer answer. to little things, things. and I I don't do what you tell me. Forgive me, Lord. I'm going to be what I need to be. To do what I need to do. To live into the miracle living. To live into the resurrection. Now and forever. Forgive me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven.
3: In the name of Jesus Christ.
0: Glory to God. Amen. Philippians tells us, don't be anxious about anything. 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 But in everything, in your prayers, your petitions, your thanksgiving, give it over to God. And the peace of God, which is beyond all things you could ever imagine, will guard your hearts. Your minds and your souls in Christ Jesus. <laughs> whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable—if any things are excellent or praiseworthy—think about these things. Not all this other stuff. Think about these blessings. God will make your soul well. can i'll say to you
5: That we need, and the most important thing that we need, the one thing that is necessary, is to come to salvation in Jesus Christ, to receive Jesus Christ into our hearts so that we could share God's love with everyone we meet. Amen. Amen. When we come to the table, we share in all that Christ has made possible for us. We share in God's love in a very unique way, and we can come to this table expecting, expecting to receive all that God has for us, that miracle of salvation. Everyone is welcome. If you love God, earnestly repent of your sin and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, You are welcome at this table this morning, whether it's your first time here in this church or in any church, or you've been coming all your life. You are welcome at the table this morning. So come. Be willing to receive, expect to receive. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Thanks and praise and glory and honor are rightly yours, our Lord and God, for you alone are worthy. In time beyond our dreaming, you brought forth life out of darkness. And in the love of Christ your Son, you set man and woman at the heart of your creation. You loved the world so much that you sent your only Son to bring us life eternal. Dying, he destroyed our death. Alleluia. Rising, he restored our life. Alleluia. And so we praise you with the faith of every time and place, joining with the choirs of angels and the whole creation in their eternal hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord. God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We thank you that you called a covenant people to be a light to the nations. Through Moses, you taught us to love your law, and in the prophets, you cried out for justice. In the fullness of your mercy, You became one with us in Jesus Christ, who gave himself up for us on the cross. You make us alive together with him, that we may rejoice in his presence and share his peace always. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, take, eat, eat, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, and he gave you thanks and praise. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant, poured out for you, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together with the confidence of disciples of Jesus Christ the prayer that he taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done,
0: Christ. We remember the resurrection of Christ, and we look forward to ours. Come to the table, listen to the rail for prayers for healing, to light a candle. Come and join us in celebrating. Take a second to thank Kathy Dick for playing for us. I think it's her first time playing with us. We do appreciate her sharing with us the gift of music. If you're able, I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing something beautiful, something good. stuff that you're fretting and worrying about and making yourself sick over. It's small stuff. Go out and live into God's miracles. Do what he tells you. Live and trust in him. Expect unexpected blessings. And may God carry you in this life through the true miracle, the one at the end of the age when you were raised from the dead and live forever in glory. May God bless you and be with you now.